An introduction to the Baptist Faith and Message, Article 2, on God, on this episode of Grace and Growth. Welcome to Grace and Growth, where we strive together to strengthen our faith one episode at a time. My name is Pastor Caleb, and I'm your host. And today we're going to be looking at Article 2 of the Baptist Faith and Message, in which we're going to have kind of an introduction uh, to God in general. And then later in the episodes, we'll, we'll get into the specifics about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Uh, but today I'm joined with Brandon Snyder, our youth pastor here at First Baptist Shelbina. Brandon, welcome in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna look at this uh, introductory summary statement here, and, and kind of break it down into three main sections. Uh, mainly asking, what are these different characteristics of God? And so that'll be the the first part of this uh, summary statement is the characteristics of God, uh, and then we're gonna secondly look at well, what our response is to be to God, uh, and then the third uh, aspect of this introductory statement uh, is the Trinity uh, and what the Trinity is, what it looks like, what it does, and, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, we'll start off by uh, looking at the, the characteristics of God. Uh, so, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and read the, the opening statement for us? Sure. Here. Uh, here we go. The opening statement from the BFM 2000. So, there is only one living and true God. He is an intelligent, spiritual, and personal being, the creator, redeemer, preserver, and ruler of the universe. God is infinite in holiness and all other perfections. God is all-powerful and all-knowing. And his perfect knowledge extends to all things past, present, and future, including the future decisions of his few of his free creatures. Not few, <laughs> no, free no, creatures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd much rather be uh, free than than few in number for sure. Sure. Uh, so, so what stands out to you, uh, just kind of from from that uh, introductory statement there about about who God is? You know, whether it's a specific word or just a theme, or you know, what what stands out to you from that? Well, there's several. Um, only one. Living, mm, yeah. Many gods that are out there that people can choose to worship. Um, ours is the one true living God. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Intelligent, um, knowledgeable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not just intelligent as in like smart, right? Right. You right. know, but like yeah, he's you, not. He's not Einstein. No, he's far smarter and more intelligent. A lot than smarter Einstein. than us. Yeah. Um, but to just think creator intelligent creator you know mm-hmm. until like this this design and everything that has a purpose um it's it's actually it's more than my mind can comprehend oh yeah yeah well well yeah it's it's important i think for us whenever we're, we're talking about god whenever we're thinking about god uh, to to know and remember that he is infinite mm. you know that he he has no limits and we are very finite creatures uh, and that it is truly impossible for the finite to grasp the infinite yeah uh yeah. yeah, and that, I mean that's true of his his intelligence, and uh, you know that he's not just some kind of blob or blind force. It's not just random events that taking place. You know, uh, evolutionists would want you to believe yeah. uh, about the creation of the universe, but that he has a will, he has a, a direction that he's taking everything, yeah. uh, and that there's a design behind it all. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing when you know if you watch a lot of um, creation evangelism videos mm-hmm. on YouTube or different. Things, I enjoy that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But most lost people have a just a major misunderstanding that we exist because God exists. God, we did not create God. Mm-hmm. You know, he has always been, mm-hmm. you know, he's infinite. And, and, you know, that's, it's just hard to understand. It is, it is, you know? it is. Uh, and 
you know, one, one thing that I've always had a, like a difficult time just kind of grasping my mind about it. I, I think I know like the basis of it, uh, but it's, it's far easier for me to imagine eternity future hmm. than it is eternity past. Yeah. Uh, you know, like That's just pretty sketch. Yeah. Just not having an end. <laughs> and maybe it's because, you know, my life itself hasn't come to an end. And so maybe it's easier for me to grasp in that way. Uh, but you know, just, just never having a, a beginning, you know, that God has, has existed eternity past, uh, has just always been something that I've really had a hard time grasping. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and really knowing it. You think about it too long, you'll go cross-eyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We definitely don't want that. We don't want that. Uh, um, I would say, too, um, after the intelligent, like, spiritual and personal being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, God is spirit. Um, he's transcendent. He's not limited to a physical body. Right, right. We know we know whenever Jesus came, you know, that he came in a physical form and, and for that this period of time, but that he's not just limited like we are, you know, we're, we're sitting here in my office, uh, you know, we can't be in India and Canada and South America at the same time, yeah. uh, but that God can because he is spirit. He is uh, transcendent in that way. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, <clears throat> even Jesus himself said, it's to your benefit that I go away mm-hmm. because he, you know, he knows after he leaves, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is coming. Right, because he's not limited to the physical body, mm-hmm. you know. So while Jesus was contained to his physical body, God Himself, right? Right. I guess we're getting a little farther <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah, we'll, Trinity, we'll get there. We'll get different there. things, but you know, he, he he's not limited to that. Like Jesus Himself, mm-hmm. the man Jesus was, yeah, fully God, fully man, but yet he still was in his earthly body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just uh, a temporary, short, short term. Uh, thing there, uh, but you also said that that God is personal, right? Sure. Uh, that that He's spiritual and personal. That He has a, a personality. Uh, you know, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording that uh, He, God, has emotions. Uh, you know that that God has He has a will. He has likes. He has dislikes, if you will. You know that you know He experiences things like anger and joy and, and uh, every sadness. You know, uh, all all of these different range of emotions that you know He. He's able to relate to his people in a personal way that he's not just some impersonal God, you know, laissez-faire, hands-off type approach right. to things, right. uh, but that he doesn't, you know, like he just doesn't create the world and leave, but but he's personal that we can have a relationship with him, uh, that, that he desires that for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's something that's pretty unique uh, to the, the the Christian view of, of God or religion or any of those things that, you know, God came to us instead of us trying to get to God. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to like reach some state of nirvana or oh, yeah, you know yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like he literally came to us, mm-hmm. you know, and we he, he suffered, you know, like yeah. like he lived a life here, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's something that is, I just it just kind of blows my mind that God God Himself mm-hmm. would be born into a human body and live, you know, and and it's uh, it also gives us confidence. And that when we pray or when we go to God, that we know, oh, you, I'm not just talking to some high power that's never experienced what I'm experiencing, but he knows exactly what we've been through. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what Hebrews 4, 5, 14 and 15 says. Uh, it says here that, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Yeah, there's the key, right? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah without that, sin. Yeah, without sin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's holy, right? He 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 cannot and does not sin. Uh, that he is the the ultimate standard for perfection. That that his sinless state really helps us to to see our sin. Uh, you know sure. that we can see that. You know, Jesus, as he perfectly walked the earth, uh, he uh, walked, uh, you know, every step of the way. He faced every single temptation that we could possibly face uh, and yet was sinless and re- remained it, uh, without sin. Uh, and so he shows us, you know, just how many times we falter, how many times we fall short, you know, whether it's anger, pride, jealousy, uh, lust, you know, whatever that is, uh, that uh, he is our ultimate standard for perfection. It's not Mother Teresa. It's not our parents. It's Jesus. Right. right? Absolutely, and that, to me, as a student pastor, and even as a an, an adult now with kids, mm-hmm. like I know Jesus didn't have kids or a wife, but like you know, he had relationships with people, and he had to deal with people, mm-hmm. and and that's really all parenting, and you know, and and, and all that <laughs> yeah. is like it's you're dealing with people, mm-hmm. and you know, um, to to you know to never talk bad about somebody, to never gossip about somebody, you know, like the slightest slip up mm-hmm. and mankind's right back in the place that we were with Adam. You know, that's, I think that's so something that's so overlooked. Like Jesus is the, the second Adam, right? Oh, yeah. Right. right you know, right. and, and it, it's just, it's kind of mind blowing, you know, just what, who Jesus was, what he, what he did, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that yet he still is personal to you and I, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and he still loves us. And, uh, you know, Romans 5, 8 says that God proves his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yep. Uh, you know, before we've made professions of faith, before we, you know, shared the gospel, before we, uh, you know, discipled people or baptized people or whatever it is, you know, Jesus. Sure. Before Jesus we drew a breath. Us. Yeah. You know, yeah. From eternity past, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 says. Sure. Uh, yep. Yeah. That's yep. pretty intense love. It's an yeah, love. yeah, and to think like the creator of everything, mm-hmm. you know, still thought about, man, these these people are going to need help. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to go. Yeah, well, and that was always his plan. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you know sometimes we get the wrong idea that whenever God had originally created uh, humanity and the world and and the universe uh, as as a whole, uh, that you know it was that he he didn't know that we were going to fall into sin. Uh, but really, you know, I, I think that, that through through our sin, through our uh, foolishness and folly in that way, you know, that we're able to see and to know God's love in a greater and deeper way. We're able to see and understand His mercy uh, in a way that we never would have beforehand. That the you know the angels who had been singing His praises up until that point, in, well, and, and even still today, but they had never known really God's love and just how deep and how far it was willing to go uh, until He had to to give up His Son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and even 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 farther than that, that like the angels still really don't understand his love mm-hmm. in the aspect that they're not offered redemption no. like mankind yeah. is. Right, and you know, I think that's part of this battle that's going on is is really Satan is jealous of mankind because we have opportunity for redemption, mm-hmm. and Christ did come and die for us, but not for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's. That's special. <laughs> yeah. Mankind is special yeah, in yeah. creation. Like we just are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're above creation. And, and, you know, to think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty humbling, um, you know, that, that he came and he is redeeming. We are redeemed. You know, we're still in mm-hmm. unredeemed flesh. Right. You know, but it's just, 
just awesome. It is. It is. Uh, and, and even as you know, we are the, the pinnacle of creation, if you will. And, you know, we need to remember that while we have dominion over all creation, you know, God is still ruler over us as well. Mm. And, you know, he is the king over the universe, that he is the one who holds all things together, as Colossians 1 teaches us, and that, uh, you know, that, that we there's order in, in creation uh, because of, of who he is and, and what he does, you know, that, you know, we can, you know, trust that the, the sun is going to rise, mm. uh, and, you know, rise in the east and set in the west every single day. It's something that we can count on. Because of who God is, you know, gravity is something that we can count on because of who God is. The law of thermodynamics is something that we can count on because of who God is and that even in those, you know, laws uh, of, uh, you know, physics, I, I guess is probably how you would describe those general things there. You know, we can see God's character in and through those because he is unchanging right. uh, in the same way that those laws are unchanging. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's preserving Creation, yeah, right? yeah, 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 absolutely, 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 holding everything together, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, protects and guards creation and his creatures, right? Right. Um, Matthew ten twenty nine. Uh, yeah, I've got it. I've got it here. It says, "Are not two sparrows sold for a cent, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father?" Yeah, that's that's just mind blowing to to know he cares mm-hmm. about those two sparrows. Yeah, but yet. He, he didn't give his son for them. Mm-hmm. He gave it for you. Yeah. But yet he still knows everything that is going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if the nest is going to fall, you know, if, if a wind's going to blow it out of a tree, you know, how many, how many chicks they're going to hatch or whatever a baby mm-hmm. bird is called, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he knows that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and he's holding all that together, all of creation, you know, and um, has creation fallen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it originally was, but yet, it's having birth pains, mm-hmm. things like that. All these things we see in the world today, the earthquakes and volcanoes that have been happening for a long time, right? It's right, not they're right. not new, but like those things are a result directly of the fall. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, but yet that didn't mess it up to the point that you know what it's it's more than he can handle. He's still holding it together. He is. He is. And we could praise God for that. Uh, and and so you know we we ask and we you know we see all of these wonderful attributes about God, uh, you know, that he is personal, he's creator, he's redeemer, he's preserver, he's ruler, he's, he's holy, he's, he's intelligent, you know, he is, he is spiritual, he is, he is all of these things, uh, and so much more, you know, even, even beyond this. Uh, but how, how should we go on to, to respond then to this perfect, to this high ruling uh, God? Uh, what, what does the, the Baptist faith and message go on to say? It goes on to say, to him, we owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what our response is to be uh, to him, right? right. Uh, and, and there's really kind of three different scripture passages that, that we can look at, and I'm sure there's many more beyond this, sure. uh, but that kind of emphasize these first points here. Uh, so 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 uh, says, But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all of your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Hmm. Yep. So, so it's what, pretty plain. <laughs> it is. It pretty is. plain. Yeah. You know, um, and I think to realize also, um, he is the only source of holiness for us. We can't measure up on mm-hmm. our own, um, but he has given us everything needed to live a righteous life, mm-hmm. which is him. Right. Um, you know, that's 
our memory verse was that Second Corinthians five twenty one. You know, for our sake he made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and and without his, you know, the only holiness or the righteousness that we're going to have is going to he's going to be the source of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's if you can't love him based solely on that, you know, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. It, it really is. And, you know, we, we've tried things our way. I mean, that's how we fall into sin. That's why we needed a Savior to begin with, you know, whenever we try to do things of our own strength, our own way. And, you know, I mean, it's true of so many different things whenever we're like, okay, you know what, I'm going to read my Bible every single day, you know, starting January 1st. And then by January 15th, you've already missed a week yeah. and a half. <laughs> it seems like, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you know, that's where, where we need to draw on from the Lord yeah. um, and that He is our source. He is our strength that we... You know, he is the one who supplies these things. He's the one who gives a greater grace. He, uh, James four six, uh, you know, it says uh, that that you know he he rejects the uh, the the proud but gives grace to the humble, mm. uh, and he is the the one who has called us to be holy, to be righteous, uh, to to give him you know the the great reverence that that is due to him. Yeah, uh, you know that's something that's come up a lot. We've we've been studying the book of uh, Proverbs in. Um, on Sunday mornings with the students when this fear keeps coming up in some translations, oh, yeah. it's talking about reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've just been talking about like how, you know, as Americans, I, I think, I think sometimes we get cheated out of, well, not cheated. It's a blessing, mm-hmm. but we've never known a King. Yeah. We don't really know how to act towards a King, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's something I think that really kind of affects me personally, my understanding of how should I really, act towards the Lord because, you know, I watch old movies and, you know, way back when there was kings and things and like people were scared Mm -hmm. of the king. You know, we don't have to necessarily be scared of our king. We should, fear is the beginning of wisdom, right? right? But it's a holy fear, Mm -hmm. you know, like absolutely God could remove us at any moment. Mm -hmm. You know, that that can happen. Yeah. But, you know, he does love us so much that he sent his son to die for us. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he wants us to live, you know, he said, come to me all you who are weary, right? You know, and, mm-hmm. and he wants us to come, wants us, and then, you know, he knows we're not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but just this reverence, this fear, this obedience that we really have no, in in my time, my lifetime, I have no standard that I've ever seen mm-hmm. of what it's like to actually have a king or a lord. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like, the, the closest example maybe for us would be like our parents, sure. you know, like our, like our dad. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's going to whoop me. You know, he helps keep you in line. You know, he's judge, jury, executioner. Sometimes it feels like probably yeah. as a kid, but uh, you know, like that, that kind of role right. uh, is really how, how God is. And, and obviously that's incomplete. Sure. Uh, but uh, that's probably like the closest example that, that I could think of mm-hmm. uh, to something like that, that, uh, you know, it's someone that, yeah, you you have a holy fear that you want to to yeah. uh, obey, uh, but that you also love at the same time. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, that that you you know you're you're close and intimate with them, yeah. uh, and the way that we're with God as well. And you know, like whenever it comes to uh, you know a, a king over you know whether it's uh, Great Britain and and you know the, the the times of the hierarchy or whatever, like that that king is a very impersonal king mm-hmm. uh, to ninety nine point nine percent of their subjects. Sure, uh, but God is a very personal king. Uh, and, and so, you know, I would, I think that's probably 
you know, just kind of off the top of the of my head, that's probably yeah. the closest thing that I could think of. Well, I can even think about things like like you know when when you had to pay homage to a king, mm-hmm. you know, bring whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like God, you know, ask for ten percent is His, you know, mm-hmm. and but yet it's not out of, you know, I mean, maybe it is out of fear or reverence that we give mm-hmm. back our first fruits, right? But you know, if you didn't do it back then, it was, you know. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you got yeah. you got your head caught off. Yeah, something. <laughs> something They're gonna lock the, you up, you know. Yeah. And and while there is, you know, it does say, you know, when you give your first fruits and things, your bins will be full and like all these things. But it's out of mm-hmm. it's out of uh, um, a joy and like just a, a freedom and a grace, mm-hmm. and you know that you give, not out of just this pure, you know, feudalism fear, you know, uh, right, right, or you know that type of thing, but. Um, yeah, we were just talking about that the other day with the students, and and that was the same relationship that we came up with to to kind of show um, because you do fear your your parents. I mean, you mm-hmm. should. Yeah, yeah, you should fear your parents. You know, parents, if you're out there, your kids should have some measure <laughs> of fear of you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's healthy yeah. because they need to listen. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it it even says you know the Lord disciplines those whom He loves, and mm-hmm. you know as you know the Lord disciplines. Us. If you're not receiving discipline when you sin or you don't feel conviction, you need to look and make sure that you're a believer. Right. Because if the Lord is not, when, if you know you blatantly did something that was wrong and you don't feel bad about it even a little bit, that's probably not a good sign. No, no, you know? no, it's not. No, it's not. You know, and, and I, I just, that, that, I've always kind of taken, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, personal testimony time okay, here, okay. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. But I've just always kind of, you know, people always uh, doubt salvation, all these things, but I'm always like, well, I'm always pretty sure I've I've been born again because anytime I do something that I know is wrong, man, I just feel so bad, <laughs> and I just gotta ask for forgiveness, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I've always taken that as kind of a a sign that yeah, I'm receiving that discipline. Yeah, you know. And uh, I, I don't know. I guess you can look at that as a positive, you know. That ah oh, man, I feel horrible, mm-hmm. but the Lord's disciplining me. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, His discipline, while it's it's painful, and you know, in the moment, it it produces. Uh, long suffering in us, and uh, Hebrews twelve is the passage specifically. I think that you're thinking of there. Uh, yeah, here starting in verse four, Hebrews twelve verse four, and following. It says, "You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, and you're striving against, and you have forgotten the exhortation, which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by Him, for those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines, and He scourges every son." whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. Now for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which we've all become uh, partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Uh, and it continues on talking about discipline a little bit there as well. But uh, I think the, you know, the, uh, the point there is pretty clear that, you know, discipline is a good thing for us sure. uh, because with that, you know, we know that we are children you know, I discipline my children differently than I would any other child. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so you don't you don't take them out back to the woodshed. Yeah. Um, uh, for other children, uh, even though uh, even though you might want to, <laughs> even though you might want to, uh, because they're not your child. Uh, at the very least, you need the parents' permission and, and sure. maybe even request for those types of things. But uh, you know, that's that's the parents' responsibility. And yep. Just like how God is our Father, He is responsible for disciplining us as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we, you know, it also says here in our response, going back to the Baptist faith and message, uh, that <laughs> got a little sidetracked. Yeah, there. it's all right. It's all right. It's good stuff. Uh, but that to him we owe the owe the highest love. First uh, uh, John four nineteen. Mm. Uh, you know, it says here that we love because he first loved us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry there as well. You know that we owe him the highest love because he showed us the highest love. Well, I think it also just goes to the fact, you know, there's lots of things out there that can be perceived as 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 love or, or just mm-hmm. good things. You know, there's lots of organizations that do good work right. um, and things. And, and this is something that we focused on, like, with student ministry is, well, what makes the work that a church does different than, like, I don't know, just pick, like, Goodwill or something. Yeah. You know, or... or Salvation the, Army the red, or Yeah, or the yeah. Red... What's the Red Cross? United Way. Oh, United Way. Okay. United Way. You know, that's the big. I see they got the big drive in town, usually mm-hmm. at Christmas and, and things like that. Well, God's love is eternal. Mm-hmm. And the church itself is trying to make an eternal difference. The work that we are doing is not just while we might meet a momentary need, like a, mm-hmm. they have a, they're hungry, they need clothes, they need shelter, whatever it is. But Ultimately, we are trying to make an eternal difference in this person's life that because he first loved us, I'm able to go love in this way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the only reason With, without that, you know, this eternal, spiritual, intelligent mm-hmm. God coming and dying for me, I would not know what true love was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just, that's kind of what that screams to me is that while the world does things that we perceive as good or loving, it mm-hmm. still doesn't know what true love is if it doesn't use God as the standard. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's even true of, uh, you know, of us as, as husbands, uh, you know, to our wives that, you know, Paul says in Ephesians five that, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, and that was a very sacrificial kind of love. That was a very giving, uh, and, you know, wholehearted all in, uh, kind of love. Uh, and, you know, it's not just a, a superficial uh, lust where, you know, as long as I get what I want out of right. this relationship, then, uh, you know, whatever, I'll give you some spending money or, or whatever it is. That's not what he's talking about here. Uh, you know, and, and just as, you know, oftentimes we, we put Jesus on the back burner, mm. uh, you know, we, we disrespect him. We do all these things. He, he still loves us. He's still all in no matter what. Uh, and that, the same is to be true of, of how we, you know, love our spouses, how we love our kids, how we, we love everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, really, that, but especially our, our spouses there as we're commanded in Scripture, mm-hmm. you know, that we have, we can see, we, we know what that kind of love looks like uh, because of what uh, Jesus has, has done for us. You know, we see this love most explicitly and extravagantly you know, really on the cross, right? We, sure. we referenced earlier Romans 5, 8, that God proves his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sure. Uh, you know, and so we, we love our spouse regardless if they cook a meal to perfection, regardless if the, uh, you know, where we're cared for and, you know, sexually the way that we want to be, or, you know, regardless of, uh, if they make every decision that we agree with, uh, right. you know, that, you know, we love our spouse because they are a gift from the Lord. You know, whether or not we feel it in the moment, you know, right. <laughs> we, we, we still know that they are, uh, absolutely a gift, yeah. uh, f- uh, for us and, uh, and to us and that they really help us. Uh, in so many different ways, yeah. uh, and even in a, just a pro- general process of sanctification. And most, I really think most marriage issues, this is probably true in my own marriage, usually comes down to selfishness. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and a good friend of mine, Mike, he, Mike LeHue, 
he always says whenever he does marriage counseling, his first words to both of them are just stop it. <laughs> like, just stop, just stop, it. Yeah. you know? And, and you know, that's, that's, we just talked about this before we got started too, is just how highly sometimes we think of ourselves, Oh yeah, yeah. you know? And, and it's just, you know, when we have an inflated view of ourself, you know, that's, that's what leads to sin, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like we're offended all the time. Mm-hmm. We live just life constantly offended mm-hmm. by our spouse or by our children or by the neighbor, you know, and, and society as a whole yeah. or yeah. Yeah, politics or, uh-huh. or whatever, you know, yeah. and, the weather and, sometimes offends us. Oh and, my word. Yeah. yeah, sure. And you know, it's just, it just points to the fact that we are just messed up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and without that, like we talked a couple of weeks ago or last week about like that gospel lens, mm-hmm. putting on that gospel lens, your gospel glasses and realizing, you know what, even when I wake up in the morning, first thing, I'm still messed up. Mm-hmm. I still need grace, you yeah. know, and like my, my spouse needs grace. My kids need grace. And I am not good at that. <laughs> I am not, um, you know, and my, I'm sure my wife and kids would tell you that sometimes mm-hmm. like, man, yeah, you're a little aggressive there, dad. I'm like, ah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'll try to do better next time. And that's, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's all you can do, yeah. you know, cause you can beat yourself up over mm-hmm. how you reacted and, and all those things. But I, I do think it's important to, you know, like you, you taught this Sunday on forgiveness. Like it, if you go to the sermon on the, on the Mount, it doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. And you must, you need to make peace with your wife and make peace with your kids. Now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you've done wrong, Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and them. and you know, yeah. Going back to 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 that sermon, you know, we talked about how you, you know, whenever you have committed wrong, like it is your responsibility to go and to ask for forgiveness. Uh, that's yeah. especially true in parenting. Uh, you know, it, it can be so easy for us as as dads or parents in general, and be like, and just never apologize to our kids. Well, our kids did something wrong, and so you know, you know regardless of how we reacted or, or acted, but. You know, they, they need to see that repentance modeled sure. uh, before them so that they can know what that means and what that looks like in their own lives. You can even tell, well, I told my daughter, was, you know what? I've never had a 14-year-old girl before, mm. so a little grace, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm learning with you, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, and uh, I don't know if she appreciates that or not, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, so well, it's, it's we're, kind we're, of a We're all learning curve. together. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, uh, but, and that just kind of, like, if you love me, John 14... 15 to 16, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Now ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's He's taking us farther. He's revealing more of himself. Yeah. You know, and that's, we, you know, we kind of talked about God, Jesus being God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then now we're going to see another aspect of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still still even more to come. Uh, you know, this is a, a really good Trinitarian text for us here too. You know that Jesus is the one speaking here. So it was Jesus is God the Son. Uh, he says that I will ask the Father, God the Father, and that He will give you another Counselor, which is God the Spirit, uh, to be with you. Uh, and so you know that this kind of love. You know, He goes, "If you love me, you will keep my commands." You know, that's that kind of obedience that that He's talking about here. That you know, we we love or we obey because we love, not because we're afraid that we're going to, you know, lightning's going to strike us if we disobey, right? Uh, but because we love him so. And he's disciplined us to, you know, to see our error in our own ways and, you know, that God's way truly is the, the best way. Uh, and we talked about that in the scriptures uh, lesson last week uh, as well. But, uh, you know, that the eternal triune God, uh, what he does is he reveals himself to us as Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit, which really kind of leads us to this third and final section here, 
uh, talking about specifically the Trinity. So can you go ahead and and read that uh, triune part there? So the eternal triune God reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with distinct personal attributes, but without division of nature, essence, or being. You know, that's... Yeah, it's... (laughs) That's a lot there. It's confusing. It's all get out to me. Yeah. Uh, This is something that's really hard to teach. It really is. I don't have... It's just difficult to grasp. Like mm-hmm. we talked about how God is this infinite, eternal creature, and mm-hmm. then like, then we try to understand the Trinity, and I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Well, then I mean, even a definition like this, you know, we're trying to take this, you know, this infinite being and confine him to one sentence. Yeah. Uh, which is just impossible, and you start using, you know, different words and uh, that uh, that can come together to, you know, to to accurately. Uh, describe what you're talking about, uh, but sometimes you need you need help there, you know. And yeah, how and, can you have three personal attributes with no division of nature, mm-hmm. essence, or being? But he can. Yeah, you know, he absolutely can, and and he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best model I ever saw for it was was this triangle, and it had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And between each one, you know, yeah, it had God the Father is not the Son, God mm-hmm. the Son is not the Holy Spirit, God, but they were all in this triangle was God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was the best thing that I ever saw to like help me kind of wrap my head around it. You know, Greg was helpful and, and he had that diagram. He's like, here's this diagram kind of helps. And, and we can probably make that available if people want to see that. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, there's just lots of things that people used to try to explain it that, that end up falling short. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Whenever it whenever it comes uh, to to the Baptist faith and message, you know they they added that word triune in there from from the from uh, the 1963 uh, f- uh, form a model or uh, draft draft yeah there, there you go, go. There you I go. don't know uh, of the of if the Baptist faith and message. Whenever they updated it in 2000, they added that word triune. Uh, before it had simply said the eternal God, and He reveals Himself to us in Father Son. And Holy Spirit, uh, and so I mean that is is pretty clear that he's talking about three distinct persons there, uh, but in that there is a small ambiguity that would uh, allow for for room would it, for a doctrine that is called modalism. Uh, modalism uh, is uh, when you someone would come and say that that they would say that God takes different modes, if you will, that God is sometimes God the Father, He is sometimes God the Son, and He is sometimes God the Spirit, but He's never all three at one time. Uh, and so, you know, I, I've heard a lot of different ways where people have tried to describe the, the Trinity, uh, you know, whether it's through a triangle or uh, one that I always heard growing up is water. You know, that water it can be a liquid, it can be a solid, it can be a gas. Uh, but that analogy, that illustration of, of the Trinity, it falls short because water cannot be you know, both solid, liquid, and gas at the same time. Right, that one molecule. Right, right. Cannot be all three at once. Uh, uh, like what God uh, can be. Uh, and so that analogy, like uh, most any or may- maybe even all analogies, they fall short in some way, shape, or form because you know, God is infinite. Yeah. Uh, and, and we are finite, and we're trying to describe an infinite God using finite terms. Sure. Uh, and so we need to be careful whenever it comes to different illustrations, different analogies uh, for trying to explain the Trinity because uh, well, yeah. we, don't, we don't have one in Scripture. No, and, and I think that's where, you know, sometimes when, when it talks about, you know, some of this takes some faith. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that's the way that God's Word says it is. Right. So I, I believe that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and that's okay. Yeah. 
we'll understand someday, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just kind of what I, what I chalk it up to, yeah, you know, yeah. well, you know, and, and I think sometimes I'm, I'm not the smartest pastor. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not a- that, but you know, I do think sometimes, you know, when I was a student, it, sometimes it was helpful to know, you know what, that guy's just a guy like me, mm-hmm. you know, and he doesn't have the answer to absolutely every question. Should the pastor know more than the average person? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, should they be in the word more? I don't know about more. You know, I think we should all be in the word, but you know, mm-hmm. they do get paid to study. Yeah. You know, so they, they should know more, but you know what? They're still not God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they don't have an infinite mind either. And, and things like this Trinity, you know, um, I, it's that way because God says it is, you know, because my mama mm-hmm. told me so, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the the way that God works and operates in His life, you know, like uh, whenever it comes to to salvation, whenever it comes to to different healings, whenever it comes to uh, you know just so many different things, you know, like we we in our mind we say like, oh well, I I would have done it this way instead of that way, but God chose to do it this way uh, for ways that maybe we don't understand, but we take it in faith, we continue to move forward and. Uh, you know the the triune aspect of the God uh, that that this is something that we affirm uh, really distinguishes uh, Christianity uh, and specifically Baptist Baptist from you know Mormonism uh, sure. who who they do not affirm the Trinity uh, and Jehovah's Witness uh, you know neither of them affirm the Trinity they do not affirm the God of the Bible right uh, and so uh, and that's something too that's really yeah. bothered me with uh, like guys like I don't know. It came out years ago, like Rick Warren was saying, well, Muslims and the Christians really are worshiping the same God, mm. you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you don't understand the Holy Spirit and the Father, and the, you don't understand the Trinity if yeah. you believe that. Mm-hmm. And if you're teaching your congregation that, that's wrong. Right. And that's what we tell our students, you know, like they might think that the the Allah or the God, that the big God is the same, but mm-hmm. like when it gets, they don't believe in the Trinity, so it cannot be right. the same God. Mm-hmm. It absolutely cannot be. And And, you know, that's... It's so important. This mm-hmm. teaching is so important. The Holy Spirit is so important because it is what differentiates us between, you know, like they might say they're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but if you don't have this, like it's <laughs> yeah. not the same. Yeah, no, it's... It just is not the same. Mm-hmm. It is not. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, they've created their own God that fits their standards. Sure. Uh, you know, that they're they're not going to the scriptures or they're excluding certain scriptures that doesn't fit their criteria or, or what they like or what they dislike. Uh, and so whenever you do that, you're creating an idol. You're creating some sort of man-made God uh, that will always fall short. You know, I, I think of... Uh, Whenever uh, the Philistines had captured the Ark, mm. uh, and they they had the Ark next to their little god of Dagon, uh, I think is what it was, uh, and Dagon he he uh, was it like three days in a row yeah, he had like fallen and like his his arms or his had fallen off his ears had fallen off his nose had fallen off or something as well, uh, you know that's what those gods are in comparison to to the God of the Bible, yeah, uh, and that this is something that we can go back to and validate time and time and time and time again. It's kind of my favorite one is 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 Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Where they're out there wailing and cutting mm-hmm. themselves, and and you know Elijah when it when it comes his turn, he's like, bring more water, mm-hmm. bring more, bring yeah. more, you know. Yeah. And, and and so much fire came down, you know, just mm-hmm. like consumed everything. In oh Lord, uh, yeah. And even in there, you know, he was enticing him. Maybe maybe your God's asleep. Yeah. Maybe you need to, to he wail can't louder. Hear you. <laughs> uh, but we got way off track there. But, yeah, yeah. No, that's but, right. That's yeah. Right. 
it, it's it's yeah the trinity matters and and these teachings matter and i think that's you know well like we talked in the first episode why is it important to have one of these mm-hmm. like the baptist faith and message well you know like this is what we as a group of believers had pulled have pulled from scripture as a whole like we we didn't just cherry pick a couple verses right this is from the beginning of scripture to the end this is what what we believe the characteristics of God are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they fit. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, and I mean, it's even, you know, that inserting of that word triune, you know, helps us to know and understand why these things need to be updated. It's not that the scriptures changed, uh, right. or even our understanding of the scriptures changed, uh, but that we need these updated confessions to continue to make things clear as, uh, different uh, problems, issues, uh, debates, controversies, whatever you want to say, uh, as they come up across time, uh, that we need to address them and be just as crystal clear as possible uh, on these different issues. And I think maybe we even talked about that a little bit last week as well. Yep. yep. Uh, so, so where do we get the idea? Bef- uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the Trinity uh, here, but w- where do we get the idea that you know that this uh, this triune God is one God? Now, it's not just three separate gods, but that he's truly one singular God. So one of the first scripture references uh, is Isaiah 44, 6, and it says here, This is what the Lord, the King of Israel, and its Redeemer, the Lord of armies, says. I am the first, and I am the last. There is no God but me. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah, he sure. is the one, one God. Uh, There's that and, word Redeemer again, Lord and King, Redeemer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, continuing to describe himself, yeah. Uh, and that, but that one God, like we've talked about, is triune. He is in three persons. He is uh, God the Father, God the Son, and and God the Spirit. Uh, God the Father. We can see that pretty clearly in First Peter one two, when it says, "According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ." I mean, this is a, this is a good triune text, emphasizing God the Father, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ as God the Son, and through the work of the Spirit. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, the Father is God. Uh, we, we also see that the Son is God. What's John 5, 18 say? Uh, this, is why G- the, <laughs> this is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal to God. Hmm. Right? Which to a Jew would have been the highest of blaspheming. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, um, and that's why they were so upset. Mm-hmm. That's why they wanted to kill him. Yeah. That's why they tried to capture him many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when when you actually get an understanding of where they're coming from, you can understand. Yeah. But they were just missing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were just missing it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we love to look back and pick on the Pharisees. Uh, but, I mean, how many times do, do we just miss that? And if we mm-hmm. didn't have the benefit of Scripture... Uh, you know, we can look back and say, "Oh, you know, those people are just a bunch of dumbheads," or you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but in our own lives, you know, day in and day out, you know, we see the Lord working in so many different ways uh, sure. in our lives, and uh, and how He is providentially bringing us to the point where we are right now, mm. and yet we we miss it. We we fail to attribute these things to to God and to to see how He's He's working in, in so many different there's ways. There's almost been in in my personal life. There's almost this. Uh, uh, this desire to not gain too much, like, religiosity, mm-hmm. if that's a word. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to be perceived as, like, a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you almost 
But then I know other people like they own, like they pursue knowledge at all costs and they think that's good too. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, that's something I struggle with is wanting to know more, wanting to have more information, all these things. Um, but yet sometimes I find myself only studying or only reading and not living, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's kind of where they just, they were in this council or this group of men and that's what they did. And they, you know, they were in charge and it just, you know, it wasn't a good system. No, no. Well, and, and they weren't, they weren't applying the truths of the scriptures to their own lives. They were, you know, conforming the scriptures to, to fit what they wanted sure. to. Uh, and so there, there was a lot of different issues there going on, but uh, you know, John, uh, to go back to, to uh, the son being God, you know, John 20, verse 28, Thomas responded to Jesus saying, my Lord and my God, uh, that Jesus there being God. Uh, and then thirdly, we, we also know that the spirit is God, right? Uh, Acts chapter five, verses three and four, uh, Ananias, Peter asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? And so he's lying to the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, wasn't it... Uh, yours while you possessed it and after it was sold wasn't it at your disposal well, why is it that you plan these things in your heart that you have not lied to people but to god mm-hmm. so he lied to the holy spirit he lied to god equating uh, the two uh, things there uh, and so uh, yeah and, and of course you know matthew 28 19 as well not, uh, where it says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name singular single name of the father and the son and the holy spirit you know, that they are Three persons, but yet one, one God. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, you know, a lot, I don't know if I've ever picked up on that particular one. No, just particular, the singular name. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it really is. Really is. Uh, and it, you know, it helps us to, to kind of reorient, to center ourselves on uh, who God is. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, in the, in the great commission, uh, you know, that what we are to do as a church going forth and that the triune God is essential uh, to, to who we are and what we are as a church. Uh, I don't think that's by accident or by mistake. Probably not. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anything is really uh, in the scriptures, but you know, I, like we mentioned before, there's this temptation uh, to use different analogies or illustrations for defining the Trinity, um, but they all have holes in them. Uh, you know, what we're, we're talking about is an infinite God the Bible doesn't provide us with an illustration of the Trinity, and so we need to be careful with that uh, as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, any other final thoughts or anything before we close out? No, I, I'm just excited to get uh, a little farther into this, and, and um, I just, <clears throat> I'm just really, your mind, when, when you get into these, why these things are important or why does it matter? Why, why are we doing a Baptist Faith mm-hmm. and Message podcast? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, well maybe many people don't even know this exists. Mm-hmm. You know, people within our own church, you know, like whenever churches send out resumes, they put, well, we affirm BFM 2000. Mm-hmm. Well, what in the world is that? Yeah. You know, and, and so I hope people will take the time uh, to just, you know, listen. Mm-hmm. And, um, but don't, don't just take our word for it. Look it up yourself. Yeah. You know, like, like, like we were talking last week about the Bereans, you know, mm-hmm. like make sure what we're saying you know, is is right too, and I mean, I think it is. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not so prideful I so that I can sit here and say that I've never, you know, made a mistake before. And and like like you were just saying, the temptation with this, the analogies of the Holy Spirit. Like I've been guilty of that before, you know. And and um, to try to find what's the best way to explain this, and mm-hmm. and you know, just to, to to realize if Scripture doesn't explicitly lay it out and say it, like, can we infer some things from Scripture? Yeah. Absolutely, right. But 
this how the Trinity is 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 mm-hmm. just a difficult thing to understand. It is. It is, and that's where uh, confessions, uh, a faith statements of faith like these, uh, help come into play to to really create guardrails for us to make sure that we're not getting too far to the left or to the right. Uh, that we are staying with where the Bible says and what are, what, is it, what we've been affirming uh, and what church history, uh, people who throughout time have been affirming as well. You know, like there's nothing new under the sun. Hmm. And so if there's a new idea that comes up that, you know, there's something that we, a new theology, a new doctrine or whatever that just popped up suddenly, like there's a lot of reasons like, okay, why haven't, why hasn't anybody in the church found or discovered or talked about this in the last 2000 years of studying the Bible? Uh, why is this just something, this suddenly new insight uh, that you've had there? Absolutely. Uh, and so in, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the different specific roles of God. We're going to be talking more in depth about God as Father, uh, what that is, what that looks like, what that means for us, God as Son, uh, and God as the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so uh, I know I, I'm excited to continue on in, in the study. And I, I'm sure you are as well. Oh, yeah. and so Looking forward to it. Uh, so thank you guys for joining uh, us on this episode of Grace and Growth. And we hope that you've been encouraged and blessed and inspired by God's word and uh, picked up a little bit of, along the way and that you're certainly excited for future episodes in which we talk more uh, about it in the coming days. So thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. <laughs>